put us in the where mess was he then where was your senate committee guy for the banks what was he doing then he wasn't urging regulars to work together and act quickly to prohibit that dangerous activity from harming hardworking Americans. That's where he was. He was counting his money <laughs> in Cabo, getting ready for his TED talk. How to f everybody? Please. Six two thousand fourteen. This is episode eighty seven of Yats every week Wednesday night right here. Yet another show.com Check it out. I'm Matt Lee. Joining me this evening, we got Ant Pruitt. What's going on, Ant? Hey, what's going on, Mister Lee? Got Larry Press. How you doing, Larry? Good evening, guys. Good to see you. Mike Rothman uh, <laughs> driving a car right now. Not able to make it. Sucks when travel plans get messed up. Like, you could have all the technology and smartphone and Google Now telling you it's time to leave. But, man, sometimes you just got to, like, take a rental car and, and drive the 350 miles. <laughs> so yeah, our, must, our our thoughts are with him. It raining up in, in his area because it's uh, he's, he said he, has, he couldn't fly out of Santa Barbara to San Francisco. That's weird. Because of some rain, man, we got air, air airlines and pilots up here taking off in like two feet of snow with skis on the plane. No, they don't. That amazes me, dude. That amazes me. It's the landing that amazes me. I mean, taking off, that's nothing. But try to get that thing to stop. Yeah. <laughs> you got to yeah. like put a plow on <laughs> it or, or something. <laughs> so uh, all sorts of tech stuff. Last night we uh, kind of covered some Android-related Mobile World Congress stuff happening in Barcelona right now. Uh, I think it's wrapping up today, is it not? That is correct, sir. We had a ton, just like when we did CES, a new domain.net uh, covered Mobile World Congress. Also had a few people down there in Barcelona uh, doing some amazing reporting. Uh, a- anything in particular you saw? I'll just mention the one thing I, th- I thought was kind of cool. Uh, that It was Android-related, obviously, but what the Yodafone. Uh, the one side being a regular uh, display, and then the back of the phone was an e-ink display. And I thought that was kind of like we've we've been seeing people try and and uh, innovate in the mobile sphere for a while now. And I thought that was kind of a cool idea. Microsoft kind of did that with the Kin, but in a different form factor. I thought that was cool because you have the back of the phone, right? Like you never use it. You might as well do something with it. So. Uh, any, anything you saw, Ant, that uh, off the top of your your head you want to mention? I didn't see the the Yoda phone. Now I wish I did, but of course, as last week, the Ubuntu phones got my attention, and ah. the Galaxy uh, S five, I think that's what it's called. Is that the one you got your eye on? You just got a new phone, didn't you? Yeah, I did get a new phone today. I got the HTC One Max. And no, I am not interested in the Galaxy S5 or 5S or whatever they're trying to call it. If you would have waited, <laughs> are you just saying that because you just got a new phone and now you got to wait like two years, right? 
Uh, that's what you think. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm with you. Uh, if I had to pick between the Samsung and the HTC, I would go HTC. I feel like they have uh, the Sense UI a little less intrusive than, than what Samsung has done with the TouchWiz. But, of course, people yeah. that have like never used Android before. We had a Facebook discussion earlier. A friend was going from an iPhone and wanting to get on Android. And I told him, you know, he asked the carrier and cause all that stuff matters, right? Depending on what phone yep. you can get uh, the carrier you're on. Uh, so I told him, you know, I'm using the Moto X, but I came from like a pure Android experience. So messing with the, the touch and sense and stuff, I can't deal with it. But if you've never messed with it, like you might find some of that stuff helpful. So, uh, I, I like tell you, it, it, it really, really, bugged me for a few minutes after I turned it on and got into it. Um, I thought about the Moto X, but I wanted something with a bigger screen. I've been wanting sure. a bigger screen for a while, you know. And that was and kind of my phone... part of my reasoning getting it is that it was close to the size of the G next, and that was a perfect size uh, for me. So, yep. But do you yeah. like it so far? Are you down with uh, it? Have you rooted and rommed it yet? Um, I'm I'm gonna give it a week. Normally, nice. I have it. I would have it rooted within a day or two, but I'm gonna give it a week. Um, but I'm just I just gotta get used to sense. Other than that, it's a snappy phone. Um, I haven't played with the camera yet. I will play with the camera tomorrow when I have some uh, daylight to deal with. I didn't want to try to goof with it today on a half-ass effort kind of thing. But sure. for the most part, yeah, I like it. It's huge. Right. It's it's yeah, it's kind of a note size, right? It's like the size of the original note, isn't it? It's bigger than the note. Oh, where? Really? Wow. Look at that it's thing. Five point five point nine inch screen. Does that fit in your pocket stuff? Fits it in mine. It <laughs> has larger pockets than you and I. It fits in my pockets. I get. I've heard people say that a lot. <laughs> but this thing, it, now one thing, it is a little heavy. But I said, you know what? It's 5.9 inches, I guess it should be heavy. It's you know, basically it's, a Nexus 7, dude. Yeah, it's pretty much like, like a tablet. When, yeah. I, when I sit down and was reading over some um, articles earlier today, I was like, you know, this really isn't much different from me holding my Nexus 7. Yeah. You know. yeah wow. but well, I can cool. dig it. Back, back to the Yoda, what, what are they doing with the – what are they doing with the display on the back, the EA? Sipping battery life for like four days. Uh, no, I, it's same thing. Is it got a different function than the? Is it just an alternative to the front? Or what? yeah, from what I read, it's it, it's for reading and notifications. And if you want to like, I don't know if it'll do everything the phone does. I mean, maybe it will. I, I'll have to dig more into it. But it was just the announcement that uh, they they were talking about. But I, I thought it was a cool idea just having a, a yeah, ink screen cool. for just reading your books, you know? Yeah. Well, I can't say that it's – sorry, Larry, go ahead. Well, it just it is kind of – I mean, like this – I haven't paid too much attention to the Samsung phone. phone sounds like it was – doesn't sound like there's much innovation, and this thing sounds really different, you know? Well, um, let's dig into this thing. I, this I, this I, Samsung – on one side, it could be like a you know a Kindle reader, maybe. And... It doesn't have a yeah. heart rate monitor, which the new S5 comes with, or a fingerprint sensor, which the new S5 comes with. Hey, That's what my HTC One Max came with, was an, a fingerprint sensor on the back. What about a heart rate monitor? Uh, that would be no. Do you ever have your cell phone anywhere near your heart? Like, 
you could put it in that pocket, but the first time it dips out and right into the toilet. Like, you never put it in that pocket ever again. If you have your cell phone near your heart, you're usually trying to dial 911, right? <laughs> like, yeah, there's no no way. And, I mean, maybe they're talking about that it will be able to hook up to something that measures your heart rate. I, I don't understand how that works. Sounds like more gimmicky BS uh, from Samsung. Uh, if you're looking, does. comparing to the S4, it's 5.1 inch instead of just 5. 2.5 gigahertz quad core instead of a 1.9. Uh, still has 2 gigs of RAM, which is interesting because their last one did. And usually when these, these companies come out, they're putting more RAM in each iteration. So that's yep. interesting that they stuck with 2. Uh, the rear camera is now 16 megapixels instead of 13, and it does 4K video instead of 1080p. Uh, and the front is the same, uh, 2.1. Uh, 16 or 32 gig or external 64 gig storage so you can stick a card in, which you're probably going to need a few of if you're shooting 4K. Because that's 4K is huge. That's, that's, yeah, that's ridiculous. I mean, it's good that Samsung is giving people a device to make content for their new 4K TVs they just wasted money on because there's nothing else to watch in 4K really except for the demo. You know, again, you still didn't say much of anything that's earth-shattering. Heart rate know? monitor, brah. Heart I mean, rate monitor. Do you know how your heart like is? Just like last year. Just like last year with that S4. Yeah. It, I, I said it several times. It's hardware fatigue. You know, well, Ant, speaking fatigue. of shattering, it also weighs 15 more grams than the S4. So there's that. Oh, man. 145. Instead of you know, 130. They, I, I heard a little coverage of the uh, Mobile War Congress. And one thing they keep saying is that there's a lot of this wearable kind of stuff, like Fitbits and hardware monitors and stuff like that. Definitely. Uh, do you guys care about that stuff at all? Sony came out with a new one I thought was kind of interesting because it wasn't just a monitor. It would, like, vibrate and let you know when you had a phone call or a notification. But it didn't have a screen on it. It was simply letting you know. And I, I don't know, I was thinking it might be cool because I, I walk all the time for my job. So I was, you know, just to kind of keep track of that sort of stuff. Um, but I, I don't use it currently. And I don't like walking around with my phone because I leave it in the truck and it's just a pain. But I don't know. It might be cool to have something like that eventually. But right now, I'm, I don't think so. I think it's not a bad idea to have... Um like a pedometer or something like that. Yeah. It sort of keeps the, keeps the community somewhat health conscious. Um, I never cared about it before, but um, my employer gave out a bunch of pedometers uh, sometime last year as part of a fitness theme or what have you. Um, and I remember, you know, having moments of where I was, you know, really curious, okay, how many steps have I taken today? And it amazed me at, how little I walked in a day, and I sort of yeah. felt bad about it. Yeah, it makes, <laughs> it makes yeah. you self-conscious yeah. about that, right? And you're yeah, always thinking exactly. about, like, you know, crap, serious. I need to walk today some more. And it wasn't an intrusive device. It just sat on my belt or it sat in my pocket with everything else, you know, so. That's cool. Uh, I can so see was there, any, was there anything innovative along those lines at Mobile World Congress? Do you guys know? Um, the one from, was it Samsung that had where you could um, – pipe uh, audio out of it was it was it the gear 
the music player. The new watch? Are you talking watches? Or just any wearable? Yeah. Any wearables. Yeah. I think Samsung had a new watch. Yeah, the Gear 2, Neo and the Gear 2, both running Tizen rather than Android, like the first iteration. Uh, they look kind of interesting. The watches for me still aren't there yet. I think if I had to get one right now, I'd go just with the Pebble because it's been around the longest. They've got the most iterations out so far. I guess Samsung just caught up, but it's it's a better device for what it does. And I think these other devices are... They're trying to do too much, and they're not doing good at anything, and they're just, uh, I don't know. I, I i don't like wearing watches anymore. I used to be way into them when I was younger. We talked about this before, the old, like, Casio data bank watch and stuff, but not since I've become a man. Man. It's what your cell phone's for. You need a watch. I wear watches when I travel, just to make sure I don't miss the flight and stuff. That's it. You're a very cultured man about the the country, though. Wasn't wasn't another sort of story of Mobile World Congress like a a rush to low-end phones? Like, did Nokia bring out their Android phones? Nokia brought out their Android phones, and the most top-of-the-line one didn't even have a gig of RAM in it. It was rocking, like, 768. I think this is our theory. Nokia and Microsoft, right? Nokia, Microsoft is like, hey, Nokia, we need you to make a bunch of Android phones that are just complete crap, and we're going to put them next to the display of our Windows phones. And so people are going to try those out and be like, this thing doesn't even turn on. Ooh, what's this? And the Microsoft one's going to be like, oh, this is much better in comparison. I think that's that's my my idea, but I don't know. I probably like, People are really starting, I think, to be really aware of developing nations where, where prices have to be really cheap. Um, sure, Firefox it. came out with the $25 or announced, I shouldn't say came out. Uh, they announced the $25 Firefox phone running Firefox, Firefox OS. So capable physical of... phone, hardware phone? What? And so... You mean they're going to actually sell hardware? They're going to sell phones, Firefox? That's correct. It's wow. a Firefox OS. Right. right. It runs HTML5 apps. But who makes the phone? Uh, or do they sell Mozilla, it? I mean, the Mozilla Foundation. The, the Mozilla Foundation. I don't know, but they're going to have their own... They're going to make phones or pay somebody to make phones and put their name on them and sell phones to people. Yeah, I don't know who their OEM is. Yeah. They should get they Amazon to do it. Yeah. So, but did you I, see... The last review I've heard of is a pretty crappy from a spec standpoint. But it's $25, it's $25 dude. It's cheaper than the Chromecast. What do you, you want know? it to do? Like, if it rings yeah. and you can hear someone on the other end, you should be happy. It's $25. Think, five, five years from now, what's a $25 phone or a $50 phone going to look like? Phones are and in your brain. That's where, you, that's where you gotta be going. You're thinking. 25 years that. from now, it's all in you. Five years from now. That would be cool. Did you see the HTC troll of Samsung and the S5? So, right, (laughs) Samsung announces the S5, right? And they're like, oh, this is the biggest, baddest thing Samsung's ever made, right? And so, (laughs) I love this. HTC comes out. Buyer's remorse coming soon to S5 owners, (laughs) March 25th. That's so good. And then and then they take it to Twitter and they're like, see you all on March twenty-fifth. And the the picture says, Hope they're ready to be one upped. See it. Hear it. Feel it. March twenty-fifth, HTC. 
You know, it, it, that's I, brilliant, I, I right? Up on that, I picked up on that feed, and I I thought it was a a, a fake post, um, because you know I, I use a tweet deck, and it's got all of these different streams going yeah, yeah. through there. And I saw the picture, and I was like, oh, that's a fake post. And then I looked at it again, I was like, oh crap, that's a that's for real. <laughs> <laughs> And they didn't stop, you know. They came back, you know, with another one like an hour later. Um, but hey, we're gonna see what they're gonna put up there because it's it's a little awkward seeing uh, HTC do this when it's normally Samsung doing it to Apple or something like that. It's you know? refreshing. I, I it's it's a yeah. little refreshing. <laughs> I want. I'm interested to see if they're gonna really be able to put their money where their tweets are here and like come out with something that people are like, "Man, I should not have bought that S5." Yeah, that's the next thing. Is it gonna be a flop? You know, what's it gonna be? What do you guys think about? What far if as just what? What do you guys think about? Far as just the fact that they would do something like that? You know, is it is it classy? Is it just like marketing? It's only classy if on March 25th they don't come out with anything and they're like, see, but you guys still have buyer's remorse because that's how terrible Samsung is. We didn't say you were going to like buy something from us. We're just saying that that phone sucks. That would be classy. But who knows? They're probably going to come out with some like device and they're going to be all proud of it and it's going to uh, be just like the S5, except with Sense UI instead of TouchWiz. That's pretty and much the one in the S4 were the same probably exact... probably have a slide-out keyboard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> Trying to appeal to that other, like, 2% of the market that just is yeah. diehard about their QWERTY keyboards. Yes. For sure. For <laughs> sure. Uh... This is kind of interesting. Another another article on a new domain that Gina wrote about Steve Wozniak, and uh, so they they put Steve Jobs on a stamp. I heard right, and mm-hmm. and what about the Woz? I would think right, the Woz would be much more suited to a stamp than than Jobs. If you're gonna put anybody like that there, or maybe not. Maybe Jobs was the guy that was always out front, right? That's the guy everybody knows, dude. It- the the people that really pondered this are the the folks in this audience here. You know, we 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 understand ones and zeros and and what a dim module is and things of that nature. But stamps are are generally for the common folk. You know what I mean? And and I guess that's why Steve Jobs is on there because yeah, the man he knew his ins and outs about a computer and whatnot, but. We all know Waz did the guts. We all know Waz did all of the engineering and getting that thing out there. But also, Waz is still alive, right? Don't you have to be dead to get put on a stamp? No, I believe Miss Gina Smith said that that rule got ixnayed on um, back in 2011. Well, just because that that rule is no more, has anybody living been put on a stamp since? Has that ever happened? I don't know. Is there anybody else worthy? I don't know. Snowden, maybe? I, I don't know. Would Snowden. that be ironic <laughs> for the, a stamp on, the... on a federal... Oh, right, man. right? That would be beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Better yet, what about Muhammad Ali on a stamp? There you go. Yeah? <laughs> I named my daughter after him. Oh. You have a daughter named Muhammad? No, but her middle name's Ali. Oh. Ali. 
Awesome. Uh, Sorry. He was a courageous guy. Yep, he was. No, you know, I would take, I'd put Steve Jobs on a stamp ahead of Wozniak too. If you look at the Apple One or the Apple Two, as or say as Wozniak, especially the Apple One, his engineering feat, not that it was trivial, but look what Woz, uh, what uh, Jobs was able to do in terms of building a huge organization. Yeah, he was. He I, was I, the, I, I think he was the more outstanding. Not, I don't have anything against Steve uh, against Wozniak. Um, I think Wozniak would could have been replaced a lot easier than Jobs in that organization you think he could have got it to where it was without was though like would Uh, he have had such an organization to build if was wasn't there like doing all of the tinkering and everything yeah i don't kind of yes eventually Um, (laughs) i will say to it to the macintosh extent yeah because it wasn't a was project on the macintosh it wasn't and the apple one was really something they had to get. I, I was, uh, they were giving away the schematics and just kind of selling that on card tables. And the guy that was able to turn it into a business was, was Steve Jobs. Right. He had that killer instinct to, uh, yeah, that killer, he was able to raise the money. He did it with, uh, he got a, a 50, I used to hang out there. So he got a, like a, a sale to, uh, bike shop, Paul Terrell's bike shop, and he had the balls to take that and get the parts and then put the things together. I mean, he really bootstrapped the business part of it. Yeah. He was a really gutsy guy. Uh, so, yeah, I would put him on a stamp before I put Wozniak on a stamp. Me, personally, I would put both of them on a stamp. I'd put HTC on a stamp for trolling Samsung so hard. <laughs> that was just me, though. Uh, let's see, Google looking at some new areas for the fiber. Uh, didn't you wrote a blog post about this, Larry? Yeah, I did. I think it's going on on my blogger on the a new domain. Hey, was yeah, was they, uh, was Kalispell you know, in that list? I'm sorry. Is Kalispell in that list? What is on it? Never oh, mind. Yeah, continue. I, no. <laughs> that, how's your metropolitan area? No, it's like 34 cities, I think, in in nine metropolitan areas, and. Um, yeah, they, they, you know, about six months before, I, I have a link to it. The guy, um, Milo Medin, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, but he's their vice president for for networking or connectivity or something, or community connectivity. He was the head of the Kansas City deal. And he said about six months ago, he came around in public and said, hey, we did this as an experiment, but it turns out it's going to be a really great business and we're going to do it. And I think this is just the first round. I think Google really is. Um, Do you think all the stuff with Cam- Comcast, Camcast, <laughs> Comcast, and Netflix, and just the whole net neutrality thing in general, and in a lot of regions, you only have one choice for a decent ISP? Do you think that has anything to do with them wanting to get in more markets quicker? Uh, I think you know. I th- I don't think that they made this decision. Recently, I think they made the decision a long time ago. It wasn't in response to this Netflix. Well, right, but I mean, continuing. Yes, for sure. I think they, they, uh, I think they see kind of some low hanging fruit there that they can, can pick all over the place. I wish they would. Well, this is self-serving. I wish they would try a big city, like Chicago or New York or Los Angeles. 
got to uh, make sure it works first. Pick up all the not so big cities. You know, maybe that's their strategy. Yeah, you got to make sure it works first. Yeah, and then scale it. But they would learn a lot. Listen, man, I want them to come to L.A. And they would learn a lot if they came to L.A. Yeah, they would yeah. leave and be like, <laughs> L.A., yeah, right? <laughs> you know, you said something about most people. Does anybody have two viable choices in the whole damn country? I don't. Even in you L.A., don't. you don't. You only have Even one? In LA, I, have, I have a choice between, I think it's 1.5 megabit uh, DSL from Verizon or uh, Time Warner Cable. That's it. Man. I yeah. have two good choices. Do you really? Yeah, I have U-verse and I have Time Warner. Both at your same house? Yeah. Yeah, that's because like in LA there is some U-verse, but it's all Except U-verse is owned by Comcast. Uh-huh. Everybody's got everybody's got their own neighborhoods, you know, in, in LA. Comcast is not available at my place. Or AT and T. Yeah, they started rolling it out here about two years ago. Uh, you verse that is because this oh, was all time Warner. Huh. You know did what I'd like to. Me? I'd like did to they install their own fiber, or they or they're just uh, sharing the. I don't know if they're sharing or not. That is a good question. Um, but I don't know if they're sharing or not. You know what I'd really like to see is uh, Comcast try and go to Google and be like, "You can pay us to prioritize your bits," and then Google opening up fiber in every space that Comcast is in, and instead of just, like, getting money for, for the packet, I would just block them completely. Be like, oh, I'm sorry, were you trying to send packets over here? That's gonna cost you. And just, like, extort the extortionate. That would be such yes. a beautiful ending to this terrible yes. story. You know, one thing, if, if like, Comcast did the, or Netflix did the Comcast deal with all the others are, I think I read today, Verizon's telling Netflix they want to do the same. They're, they're going to all start doing this kind of stuff. And it might kind of wipe out the transit ISPs in the middle. I don't know what happens to them. That's interesting. And I guess we should mention, I mean, we didn't talk about last week. We were just kind of talking about, like, we assume everybody knows. Uh, Comcast was going to Netflix and saying, hey, pay us. And this is after it came out that people were doing tests with VPNs and watching as their Netflix traffic was getting throttled, but not when it was on a VPN because Comcast didn't know that it was Netflix traffic at that point. So, after, you know, that happens, and then Comcast is like, well, you know, if you don't want us to throttle, you can just pay us, and Netflix finally decided to pay them. Matt, is there a really a smoking gun that that uh, blockage was coming on Comcast as opposed to the transit networks? It was. I mean, it was a few different people doing the test over and over again, and that's what it looked like. I, I don't know enough about it to say either way, but from what I read, that's exactly what it looked like. Yeah, they tried to mention Cogent and other providers. Yeah, and other guys like that were overwhelmed, I thought, by mm-hmm. uh, the, the... I assumed, I think my post was called Comcast hasn't screwed up yet. But I assume that they were, in fact, uh, not throttling traffic, and that the, the bottlenecks were happening in the, in the uh, like cogent. Well, I don't know. So, I guess you could go to Internet Pulse and see if cogent's having problems with his backbone. At the well, time I mean, that that happened, yeah, I mean, if that's that, maybe you know, if they were dropping packets all over, and then it. But I think everybody agrees that Netflix performance was going down. 
but uh, hmm. interesting. Not, yeah, that that could be. Smoky gun that blames it on Comcast. Well, either way, there. If if you guys know of one, what, what's posted on the show notes? Yeah. Either way, that's it's no no good for especially little people like us that do little shows that like we can't afford to get our packets prioritized. Oh. No, that's a whole Comcast being so powerful can't help anybody except Comcast shareholders. Now that that's not in the best interest of the citizens of the United States. <laughs> Who whoever cares about that? No, nobody. Of course not. Not those things. Those little people. Yeah. Yeah, they maybe the way out of it is municipal networks. Uh, you gotta get past this crap. I have no idea how. I was involved in a little municipal networking project in a little town here called Hermosa Beach, which is just a small city on the beach near here. And the and one of the uh, city councilmen worked for the cable company. And they managed to shoot it down in the city council. We did about, I don't know, maybe a third of the downtown area. And then the cable guy just, they, the city council cut it off. But it was purely city council politicking, did it here? You know, caused by the cable company. I bet that happens Perfect. a lot. Oh, yeah. There's uh, in Kansas. Uh, about a week or two ago, there, there's a, a bill been introduced to uh, outlaw municipal networks uh, or partners or municipalities partnering with people, and I, that's that should just be called the you know the Google what do you call it the Google Fiber Protection Act or something like that. Uh, but that's happened all over the country. They've gone to state legislatures all over the place. A lot of states have bans against uh, municipal. They are greedy pigs. Mm-hmm. That'll happen. Well, on that happy note, <laughs> what's the latest cool phone? That will happen. <laughs> uh, last, let, let's let's wrap up some old world Congress stuff. I thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, IBM and Watson wanting to make your smartphone apps even smarter. Uh, they're talking about starting March 31st. Developers can submit ideas for Watson-powered mobile applications, and then later in the year, IBM will select 25 finalists who can use the Watson Developer API to turn their ideas into software. That's cool. pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, they're pumping one billion dollars into this one whole Instagram into this fledgling operation. Uh, and IBM is just one of many companies aiming to bring a new level of data crunching to companies everywhere. Okay, with them pumping in a billion dollars and bringing in someone to to use some of their resources for an app, what does IBM get out of it? Well, it's their cloud, right? They they basically turn this thing, this this Watson thing that, you know, you guys saw the Jeopardy thing, right? You, see, yeah. you know what it's capable of. So they basically turned it into a cloud service that businesses can use to, you know, deal with all of this data. So it's their signal, right, at that point? Okay. So it's, it's Watson as a service? It's their basically? Skynet. Yo, it's their <laughs> Skynet versus Google Skynet. Who's going to win? I don't know. It's interesting, though. I mean, Google's got big-ass computers sitting back there doing language processing and IBM say, hey, we got big-ass computers doing Watson. What if Watson 
meets Google's Skynet, like, on the internet somewhere in, like, a bar, and they, like, start talking. <laughs> yeah, think about it. Think about it. Worlds collide. Right? <laughs> like, hey, you want to play Jeopardy? And Google's like, no, you want to see an ad? <laughs> uh, they say for IBM the contest is a way of drumming up interest in its new Watson business but the pitch may not be as effective as IBM hopes uh, in an era where development contests known as hackathons are now shelling out up to a million dollars to winners the promise of free consulting sounds downright stingy uh, especially given the amount of money that IBM is already investing into Watson but, but what I don't was know. a million dollars? Wasn't that prize money or what? Didn't you say they were putting up a billion dollars? I thought that was prize money. No, you said something about a billion dollars. No, that's just the backing to put into the project. That's what they've put into it in order to turn it into this. Oh, that's what they. I thought they were running a contest. Yeah, sorry, I should have read that more so clearly. They just want people to give them ideas. Big deal. Yeah, that's what I said. What happens once someone comes in and has a nice app? What is IBM going to get out of it? Well, it's IBM's API, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's why I said it's Watson as a service. Yeah, totally. And they say this this may come... They've been pushing that already, haven't they, for some business applications? Yeah, yeah. And they say this may come later, but at the moment, if you're not a contest winner, you'll have to apply for access to the API via the Watson Ecosystem Program, uh, which was first announced last November. Gotcha. You know, they've also been setting up uh, giving Watson access or mini Watsons to a bunch of universities. Yeah. So they're really trying to come up with application tools. Yeah, they did that in 2012. It said they were uh, they already built a few of uh, their own apps, IBM did, uh, that use Watson. In 2012, the company said it was working with New York's Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center to create a tool that can help medical professionals answer questions about patient treatment. Uh, They say now the trick is to reach a world of other business, and though IBM is taking things step by step, the goal is enormous. They they plan on turning Watson into a 10 Instagram business. That's lofty from from spending a bill to making 10. I mean, it is cool. Watson, I mean, it's capable, right? That there's a lot of information it can tell you about in the form of a question. You'll only know with, you'll only know with uh, great hindsight that, I mean, this may be a real turning point, you know? Yeah. This could be your new doctor. Wolfram's, Wolfram's thing. This could I mean, be your doctor, right? The idea of putting really powerful general-purpose devices in the cloud, now that people are getting fast connectivity in spite of Comcast, uh, maybe this is really the start of a whole new paradigm. You could be getting a colonoscopy from Watson in 2016. You don't know. It's it's a whole new world. Yeah. I like your, your first one. Let's play Jeopardy. I like... I like that its name is Watson. That's pretty funny, dude. Uh, did you see the senator that is completely freaking out about Bitcoin? Uh, senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia? Basically calling for a complete total ban of, of this dangerous, disruptive 
and, quote, highly unstable. <laughs> that's, Why not? That's well, it, not... Has been, it has been highly unstable, hasn't it? Yeah. Gone up and down like a man dog. Everything, yeah. so has the whole economy. Have you not, like... Not like, not like Bitcoin, come on. They're just mad because it's disruptive. They could give an F that it's dangerous or highly unstable. They're just pissed that it's disruptive. It's not regulated. Exactly. They say, yeah. the, he says, quote, the clear ends of Bitcoin for either transacting in illegal goods and services or speculative gambling make me weary of its use. Oh, speculative gambling, like stocks? Uh, that's fine. <laughs> No, that's totally cool. Let the robots gamble with our health insurance. Yeah, health Let's talk about a speculative gamble. How's healthcare.gov doing? Is that the... Come on. Come on, man. No, dude, I I don't think there's a problem there considering how volatile this thing is. Yeah, but you're not on the Senate Banking Committee either. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. So I don't have a, a... a beef and, and a bias reason to get it out. Yeah, you know. <laughs> a huge you conflict. Either of you have bitcoins? He no, says, I don't. Now, I have a wallet. I never really like messed with it that much. I was watching all of the different exchanges to see, and they like I I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing, though. I wouldn't say. I don't think it. I have the graphics card for it. Oh, to mine? Yeah, I have a friend that bought a miner. Everyone's mining Doge coins now, though. Yeah, I'm still not touching that either. You know, I've asked a couple of people in my um, in my uh, Google Plus stream about it, and one in particular, he was all for it. He was all for Bitcoin, and and I asked, I'll say, well, what are you getting out of this? How are you using Bitcoin? And what it boiled down to was he's able to barter stuff with it. So I'm like, okay, well that's fine. You you're getting something tangible. For Bitcoin, other people are just sitting on them as if they're uh, bars of gold or something, and trying to wait on the value to go up or down. You know, I just can't do it. If I can't buy uh, a beer or a pair of drawers with it, it's not doing me any good. But just because you can't buy underwear with it doesn't mean you should ban it. You know. He says, quote, I no, urge the should. regulators to work together, act quickly, don't bother reading the bill, just just do what I say, uh, and prohibit this dangerous currency from harming hardworking Americans. But, dude, look at this, like, um, users of our computers every day. We've got to protect them from themselves sometimes. Do we, though? How much is too much of a nanny state? I'd say we're pretty overbearing as it is. Like, like you're going to lose some money because you thought you'd get rich quick from investing in cryptocurrency? That's your bad. Well, look at just how housing was and all of that. All of those uh, loans got approved when they shouldn't have been approved and put us in the Where was he then? Where was your Senate committee guy for the banks? What was he doing then? He wasn't urging regulars to work together and act quickly to prohibit that dangerous activity from harming hardworking Americans. That's where he was. He was counting his money <laughs> in Cabo, getting ready for yeah. his TED talk. How to f everybody? I just the don't want this way. to end up in 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 one of my friends' hands, you know, and they get screwed. What if it does and they make like ten million dollars and they come to you and they're like, "Remember when you told me this was stupid?" 
Yeah, you're stupid. I will grab the crow and eat it. <laughs> Fair and enough. All you have to do is wait another two weeks and you'll have lost it all. <laughs> Just two weeks? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it went from being worth, what, 20 bucks each to over 1200 in a year, and now yeah. it's around 500 per coin. It's me. I say give it the three or four more years it needs to top out at, at the max so then all the mining settles down and then we'll see what it's really worth once there's a, yeah. a stable amount in it at, which is written into the code. So, I mean, it's just a matter of waiting. But are you going to be dumb and ban it before that even happens? You can't. You can't even if do we it. Can get, if we can get Exxon on board or BP on board, then I'll get on board. You mean there's accepting it as... Yes. Because it couldn't be any worse than spilling oil into the oceans? I, I don't get your logic here. I can get a tank of gas. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> I that can get a sense. tank of gas. This com- this country and world can starve, but everybody's going to want freaking petroleum. That's right. The Walking <laughs> Dead has taught us nothing. It is that you should stock your gas. <laughs> you never know. So, all right. Yeah, he, I, t- total overreaction, though, I think. And then, of course, citing yeah. Silk Road and, and stuff like that. It's like, all right, come on. So Yeah, the guy's just born for publicity. Well, of course. And, I mean, it's his, it's his thing, right? He's the bank committee guy. <laughs> He's that I, guy. Oh, I, I do have a question for you guys, and this is a question of total ignorance. I always see these pictures of, of a golden coin with a B on it. Is that really what it is? Those are the physical bitcoins that they gave out, I think, to represent like the coins. But there, I don't think there's anything on them or in them. I don't think there's like a chip in it that's like here is literally one bitcoin. Uh huh. Okay. So it's novelty. Right. I think so. Interesting. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, we should mention this. This is kind of interesting. Boeing. You know, you guys know. Boeing, right? Yep. 747 airplanes, stuff like that. Uh, they're going to make a smartphone. Actually, the black phone that we've been hearing about, this secure Android uh, phone. Uh, and yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. They're going to, and not just the, the software itself, but the hardware. The, the phone itself has like tamper evident screw covers. So if someone tried to take the phone apart physically, you would know, unless you went to DEF CON and went to the tamper evident camp and learn how to bypass that but you know for the most part it's it's gonna uh gonna I thought it self-destructed uh the data yeah, inside yeah if, if it detects that the case has been tampered or is being tampered with it it'll blow the drive or that's freaking dissolve awesome. the drive or however it does uh but yeah it it's also uh capable of accessing multiple cell networks of course because you know it's boeing <laughs> And we need I'll tell you right now. House of Cards season three, Frank Underwood. Boom. With the Boeing smoking is blue with the Boeing black phone. Ah Black phone on House of Cards, baby. And how will they address him? Wait, don't ruin it. I'm kidding. No. Uh, the secure phone marks an extension of the communications arm of Chicago based aerospace and defense contractor, best known for jetliners and fighter planes. Uh do you think uh, though the phone is not yet commercially available, they're talking to potential customers after 36 months spent developing the device. Uh, 
I think it's interesting. It it basically does things that you could do with apps, like it makes secure calls and secure messaging, which you could do with Text Secure and Red Phone. I mean, there's a ton of other apps that do that. Thirdima. There there's there's a bunch of stuff you could. But the the hardware, like of somebody actually trying to get into your device, which me, you, and you, we don't care. But if you're a spy, maybe you do care, as House of Cards season two has taught us. Yep. Oh, hey, shut up. You got Don't leave your phone out and then go take a shower while the chick oh, you just banged uh, is still laying in bed. Because guess what? She's banging you to get to your phone. I just the wire last night. I should have took a screenshot of, of Larry. That was priceless. <laughs> uh, it's a 5 by 2 by 2.7 inch handset, slightly larger than an iPhone. Dual SIM cards can operate on WCDMA, GSM, and LTE frequency. Uh, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, of course. Uh, let's see. Yeah, used primarily by governmental agencies and their contractors to ensure that data and voice communications are secure. So in order to have a secure conversation, will you have to be talking to another Boeing phone? I would imagine, because that's usually how it works with any of the software. I don't see end another end. way to do that and still yeah. wrap it. Wrap the these phones are going to cost so much money. How much do you think the government's going to pay for these? Phones? Free, because they own Boeing, dude. It's the government. They own Boeing? No way. Well, it's one of their. They make their fighter planes. You know. They yeah, I know. Much. I, I, mean, I guess is these are ten thousand dollars phones. Yeah. I don't think so. Twenty five dollars. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> Uh, it's manufactured as a sealed device, both with epoxy around the casing and with screws, the heads of which are covered with tamper-proof covering to identify attempted disassembly. Any attempt to break open the casing of the device would trigger functions that would delete the data and software contained within the device and make the device inoperable. Kind of like a Verizon OTA update. Weird. Brick, baby. Brick, brick right? Literally <laughs> Bricked. Probably not going to ADB into this thing and fix it. Going to probably melt through your table (laughs) if you have a, you know. I would be interested to see, like, any patents or anything they filed to see exactly how the mechanism for destroying this data works. Like, is it acid or a, a little EMP burst or... Some sort of does it just make a micro black hole and dissolve itself into nothing? Kind of curious now. Well, it probably just erases stuff. It probably doesn't physically. It's not much of a spy phone if it doesn't self destruct. I think that's really self destruct. The proof of smoke. Literally, like catching on fire. So, all right. Uh, let's see. Oh, you want to tell us about if you're going to Cuba? They have mobile internet now at yeah. really good deals. You Did can you see get the prices I put on the uh... You can get This is like a dollar a megabyte. <laughs> Are you kidding? No, I'm not. I mean, wow. Jesus. I love how he mentions HD. Not only that, they don't they don't say any little details like, you know, where is this going to be available? You know, my guess is it'll be available at Fidel's house and, uh, you know, a little bit in Havana. But, I mean, it's not going to be, you know, 
it's sad. Cuba's really sad. So I guess it makes you, you'll never complain about paying like $20 at the movie theater after you paid $3,420 for a two-hour movie in HD. Yeah, you're not, you're not going to be screaming those, those movies. It's insane. Actually, if you want to feel good about this, then you have to ask yourself how much they're charging for bits to do text messages on your telephone. Sure, sure. Oh, or how, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. it's in, it's in perspective and compare. I know. I did a, a just back of the envelope thing a couple of years ago and came to the conclusion that one Apple uh, iTunes song at the rates they charge per bit for text messages would cost you about five thousand dollars. Better be a good song. Yeah, really. I'm thinking Bieber. So now we're back to Comcast and what assholes they are. Oh well. Yeah, this could be Comcast in like two years. $4.56 for a four-minute song, unless you get it from us. Oh, Your absolutely. choice. Your choice. Oh, yeah. You could pay $684 for a TV show or... None of our stuff counts against your cap. Just all that other crap from all of You can people. either get it from us, Netflix, or Amazon as soon as Amazon decides to pay us. <laughs> yeah. That's terrible, man. But, you know, is it is it better than nothing, though? Is it better to give a taste for something you'll never be able to afford or just to not ever have had it at all? It's debatable. It's better to have loved and lost. But I'm going B. Yeah, right? <laughs> Whoever said that me, had no idea what it was like streaming on Comcast. It's better yeah. to never have loved it all. You have no idea what you're talking about. You know, even if even if Google comes in and brings some competition and causes them a break, bring the prices down, Google's going it, to, it's still going to be Google's. We're going to learn to hate Google, too. Eventually. You know who should really start an ISP? It's the NSA. There you go. Right? We'll give you unfettered access to as many bits as you want. We're just going to look at those bits. I mean, all right. You can have all the bits if, you, if you'll give us free service. That's It'll right. It'll probably be the most secure, though, because they'll see who's trying to look at you, too. So That's true. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know your neighbor's been leeching your Wi-Fi for, like, the last three months? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> all right. Uh, anything else we want to talk about before we get out of here? You want to talk about Internet in Venezuela real quick? Oh, just, what happened know, it's there? Just the latest of these places where there's political unrest and the government's trying to, you know, stifle the internet. Um, is this the next place for an uprising? Or is... Oh, they're having an uprising right now, as we speak. Nice. And and the government, you know... Uh, in, in Cuba, they don't have this problem because they just don't let the internet exist. But in Venezuela, which is their bosom buddy, you know, the guys that connected them up to the cable and everything, uh, now the, there's a lot of protests and, you know, People getting shot by cop, by uh, army guys and stuff, and they're cutting off internet service. That's, you know, they're trying their best, but just that, like happened in the Middle East. That basically says that Ant was correct. Then it is choice B. Otherwise, you get uprisings. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but I it, mean, yeah. but anyhow, yeah, no, that's just the latest one of these. It's something thing that has to happen in order for this whole global thing to work, right? 
I mean, you see it time and time again. The people get enlightened, they get information, they get pissed at the way things are and want to change things, and that's how it has to happen. But Sucks. that creates this, what you call the, I call it the dictator's dilemma. Right. Because if he doesn't let the internet come in, it hurts the country economically, right. socially, politically, educationally. So it's, um, yeah, it's tough. They did, in 95, when the internet first came to Cuba, they debated this issue at very high levels. And the guys that were afraid of the internet won. But there were people speaking for it, too, high-level people speaking for it. But uh, anyhow, now in Venezuela, they're starting to crack down on it because the guys are using it to organize protests and to send out pictures of, like, there's one uh, lot of video on YouTube. There's a, kind of a beauty queen girl who was, who was shot and killed. So her picture's been all over. So, um, yeah, the Internet's bad for those dictators. In that Don't case. they watch like how this plays out over and over and over again in other countries and be like, no, it's this. T- I got a good feeling about this one. This one, we're going to actually win this one, not, you know, the angry mob that's throwing rocks at our windows. Well, I guess sometimes they do. The dude in Syria is kind of hanging on for you. Like, they have to know that. Yeah. It's a lost hope at that point. Yeah. I guess that's why they're dictators. Yeah, really. It's too bad. But, all right, well, cool, Larry. Way to take us out on a positive note. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, this has been a real pattern. <laughs> you know, the best news was that the Samsung phone wasn't too trashy. No, the best, no, the best news, news was, was that HTC that trolled the P out of Samsung. That was the that best was news. That was. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, thank you guys for listening. Yet another tech show.com. Check out all the Mobile World Congress 2014 coverage up at anewdomain.net. Uh, subscribe in iTunes, write us a review, give us a rating. We appreciate that. As always, uh, you can check us out on Stitcher also if you are a user of that. Uh, Ant, you got any articles up you want to direct people to besides the Samsung Trolled by HTC article? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's up there as well as my thoughts on the Ubuntu phone uh, announcement. And there's another one that's in the pitch right now, so look for that to come out tomorrow or sometime nice. on a new domain. Very cool. And Larry, we'll put links to your blog posts here. Yeah, um, I have some new domains coming in too. I think one came out today or yesterday too. She's got a bunch of them sitting there. Got all sorts of new domains sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. Check out our site, yet another tech show.com. Hang out with us throughout the week on the Google Plus community. We got a Twitter account and a Facebook page, of course. Uh, you can leave us messages at 406 204 4687. And uh, check out Smartphone Photographer Hangout tomorrow night. And we'll see you next week for a whole new week of show. Thanks for listening. Tech Show. Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.